Today we enter into what we know as Holy Week, the last days of Jesus as he comes to Jerusalem. As we celebrated Jesus entered the city as a Messiah, but not as many would have expected. Instead, his arrival is in keeping with Zechariah's writings regarding humility, gentleness, a donkey, and a colt. This was not the triumphant entry of a king of lordship. There was no great steed, no command of a great army, no sword representing the use of violence if necessary. And yet the powers that be still found the incident unsettling. And they realized that this Jesus was dangerous to their very comfortable way of life. And so they began to more fully comprehend that he must be stopped. As John Gospel, John's gospel suggests, the religious leaders had already decided that Jesus should be killed. His raising of Lazarus was drawing too much attention, attracting too many followers. The other gospels lean more toward Jesus' cleansing of the temple, his turning over of the tables of the money changers as the final act of defiance and the one that was the final straw. Whichever it was, Jesus enters Jerusalem knowing with all his being that these would be his final days. He knew that God's way was contrary to the world's way. He knew that the business he'd been sent to do, to give birth to a new creation, was dangerous business. Necessary, but dangerous. But he chose to see it through knowing it would not likely end well. And so he enters his final destination not head and shoulders above others, not as a mighty warrior, but as one amongst them, one who represented gentleness, humility, peaceableness, mercy, and self-giving acts of servanthood. He had demonstrated to them what God's kingdom was really all about. He performed signs and miracles, healing the sick, opening the eyes of the blind, causing the lame to walk, feeding the hungry, and perhaps most miraculous of all, changing hearts and minds of those he encountered, teaching them a better way, God's way. They shout, Hosanna. It is a plea to God to save. Hosanna, save us, Jesus, save us. Could this really be the one whom God had sent to rescue the Hebrew people from the cruel, grinding control of the Romans? Could this be the one they had looked for for so long, waited and prayed for? That day they put their hope in him, their trust in him. The Messiah was among them. Hosanna! Now, I have to admit there have been times in my life when I put my hope in a person, thinking that this was the one who would change a situation, make it better. You see, I tend to start out thinking the best of people. Okay, honestly, I've even put a boss or two on a pedestal, seeing only the good, turning a blind eye to who they really are. I saw what I wanted to because I needed to believe it was true. I wonder how many people in the crowd that day were also blinded by what they thought was happening, by who they believed Jesus to be. Surely he would end the abuse, the usury, the crippling taxes, Surely he was going to amass a great army and overthrow the cruel Romans and put the Hebrew people into positions of power. Surely that was the kind of Messiah God had promised them. And surely Jesus was about to deliver. 
Hosanna, save us in all the ways we expect you to. Hosanna. As the week moved on, Jesus behaved in more and more unexpected ways. He wasn't recruiting soldiers. He wasn't rallying troops. He was cursing a fig tree, driving the cheats out of what should have been a holy place of worship. He was teaching things that riled the authorities. He was warning others more and more often that he was about to be put to death. And when they encouraged him to back off to get out of town, he refused. So by Thursday, when he gathered to eat the Passover meal with his disciples, he continued to speak of the finality of the next days. He kept changing the liturgy that was part of the tradition. Instead of calling, instead he was calling the bread his body, the wine his blood, which should be poured out for the benefit of others. How can this guy possibly be the one who was sent to save us? Hosanna? Maybe not. In a moment, we are going to join in a commemorative version of that meal, a sacrament that reminds us that indeed Jesus was the one through whom God worked to bring us wholeness and salvation. We know that now. As we speak the words of our liturgy, try to think about how strange Jesus' words must have been to those first ones hearing them. Think of the emotions they must have been feeling hoping beyond hope, but doubting that this really was the Messiah at their table. Please join with me in the prayer of confession. We confess that we are not so different from those who welcomed Christ into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, yet later shouted, crucify him, or remained silent in the face of injustice. We have betrayed you too, Lord Jesus, by our sins, both secret and unknown, and known. Yet you died for people like us, and you rose on the third day that we might be redeemed. For the sake of Jesus Christ, do not hold our sins against us. Jesus Christ, our King of glory, we have not been outspoken for you. We have not called for your death, but neither have we shouted of your greatness, nor expressed delight in the salvation you have won for us. Help us to see your glory. Draw us closer to you that we may become more faithful and more joyful servants of the King. The psalmist, the psalmist says, But I trust in you, O Lord. I say you are my God. My times are in your hands. Deliver me from my enemies and from those who pursue me. Let your face shine on your servant. Save me in your unfailing love. In Christ, God hears, God answers, God sets us free. In Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Please join with me in the great thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, 
made covenant to be our sovereign God and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ, who emptied himself into human form to guide us back to you. Through his teachings and his actions, he demonstrated that the time had come when you would save your people. When he processed into Jerusalem on a colt, the people gathered and cried, Hosanna, save us, because he lived your salvific love in our midst. And as the enthusiasm of Hosanna began to dim and the shadow of plots to crucify him, he did not waver in the love and grace he extended to all. In one of his final gracious and loving acts, on the night in which Jesus gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, the rejected stone who is the cornerstone of our salvation, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. You recall that during that meal, Jesus let it be known that Judas had entered into a plot with the authorities to arrest and punish Jesus, and the heartache begins. We can only imagine the heartache Jesus experiences knowing that one of those closest to him is willing to sell him out for a few gold coins. We can only imagine the heartache of those disciples who had given three years of their lives following this man, those who had left businesses and families in the comfort of home because they believed in him, and now... It seems maybe he's not the Messiah. How can a dead man save anyone? All the others who had invested in him and his ministry must be heartbroken as well. He has no power over the Romans, and he doesn't seem to intend to ever exercise any. How can he be Savior when he's public enemy number one? The crowds lining the road shout, Hosanna, must be despairing as well. Their hero has been knocked off his pedestal, Seems he's nothing more than a common criminal. It's not surprising their hosannas have turned to crucify him. They feel despondent, disappointed, hopeless. Actually, they decide they prefer a common criminal to this disappointing Jesus of Nazareth. Give us Barabbas, they shout. Hear the story again. Matthew 27. Now Jesus stood before the governor 
And the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, You say so. But when he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he did not answer. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many accusations they make against you? But he gave him no answer, not even to a single charge, so that the governor was greatly amazed. Now at the festival, the governor was accustomed to release a prisoner for the crowd, anyone whom they wanted. At that time, they had a notorious prisoner called Jesus Barabbas. So after they had gathered, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release for you, Jesus Barabbas or Jesus who is called the Messiah? For he realized that it was only out of jealousy that they had handed him over. While he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, Have nothing to do with that innocent man, for today I have suffered a great deal because of a dream about him. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowds to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus killed. The governor again said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release to you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? All of them said, Let him be crucified. Then he asked, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Let him be crucified. So when Pilate saw that he could do nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took some water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourself. Then the people as a whole answered, His blood be on us and on our children. So he released Barabbas for them, and after flogging Jesus, he handed him over to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into governor's headquarters, and they gathered the whole cohort around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him, and after twisting some thorns into a crown, they put it on his head. They put a reed in his right hand and knelt before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, king of the Jews! They spat on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. After mocking him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. As they went out, they came upon a man from Serene named Simon. They compelled this man to carry his cross. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull, they offered him wine to drink mixed with gall. But when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided his clothes among themselves by casting lots. Then they sat down there and kept watch over him. Over his head, they put the charge against him, which read, This is Jesus, King of the Jews. Then two rebels were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by derided him, shaking their heads and saying, You who would destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. In the same way, the chief priests also, along with the scribes and elders, were mocking him, saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let, let him come down from the cross now, and we will believe him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now if he wants to, for he said, I am God's son. The rebels who were crucified with him also taunted him in the same way. From noon on, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And about three o'clock, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of the bystanders heard it, they said, This man is calling for Elijah. At once, one of them ran and got a sponge, filled it with sour wine, put it on a stick, and gave it to him to drink. But the other said, Wait, 
Let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. Then Jesus cried again with a loud voice and breathed his last. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs were also opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. After his resurrection, they came out of the tombs and entered the holy city and appeared to many. Now when the centurion and those with them who were keeping watch over Jesus saw the earthquake and what took place, they were terrified and said, Truly, this man was God's son. This week we remember all these things and the human sinfulness that caused it to happen. Denial, disobedience, fear, greed, a greater interest in political power than in serving God, the shedding of innocent blood, and the list goes on. Make no mistake, friends, these are our sins that caused all this heartbreak and still does. We too should be crying, Hosanna, save us. But the good news comes from the centurion. Truly this man was God's son. In the midst of what seems like hopelessness, we remember that God is at work. God has not forgotten. God has not turned a blind eye. God has not abandoned Jesus nor us. The rest of this week, we are to remember and live this terrible experience with Jesus. And as we do, we wait. We wait for the God who is stronger than death. We wait for our cries of Hosanna to be answered. We wait for Easter and the hallelujah. Praise God. Amen.